Welcome to today's episode of Make Smart Sexy Show. This is your host, Karen Lee. I am a health and wellness coach. Thank you for tuning in. Now, let's get to the Apple Podcast review of the week. It's another five-star rating for Season 2, Episode 2, titled, What is Health and Wellness Coaching? And How Lifestyle Medicine Coaching Can Transform Your Life? With guest Simon Matthew. Subject, Amazing New Insights by Captain 21 America. Great episode. This topic is very cutting-edge yet so misunderstood around the world. Coach Karen's humble and curiosity-driven mindset made listening to this podcast feel both intriguing and refreshing. It was also inspiring because of the great questions she used to ask her guests about this emerging field of health and wellness coaching and lifestyle medicine. Pure genius. Simon seems to embody what it truly means to be an authentic professional and health and wellness coach. You could feel his strong coaching presence through this powerful and poetic communication style. The dialogue between Coach Karen and Simon made it easy to understand how these emerging fields have the power to transform individuals, cultures, and the world. Wow, thank you so much, Captain 21 America. I really appreciate your kind comments. In today's episode, I'm touching a very sensitive issue and it is from the bottom of my heart. It is difficult, but it is my intention to raise public awareness on both physical and non-physical violence, particularly on women. With the understanding that age, gender, and background affect beliefs and attitudes, I will expound on mental well-being, in particular to domestic violence, in a later part. And today is my third five-part mini-series on mental well-being. So I hope you find this insightful. I want to start with sharing some stats of violence against women in Singapore. One in ten women in Singapore experience lifetime physical violence by a male, according to International Violence Against Women Survey 2010. Six in ten victims of physical violence suffer repeated victimization, according to IBID. Outrage of modesty cases reported remain high between 1369 and 1450 over the past three years, according to Singapore Police Force 2015. 16% of more women than men identified non-physical acts as violence. 57% of respondents think that men are the head of the household and should make most of the decisions in the family. Among those aged 18 to 29, 66% of men and 43% of women agree. 52% think that women should take care of household chores and caregiving. Among those aged 18 to 29, 58% of men and 38.2% of women agree. Younger men aged 18 to 29 hold the most conservative views, and that's around 20% of difference in opinions among genders. This is crazy. 1 in 10 respondents think women who are raped are often asking for it. Okay, listen to this. 
40% of respondents aged 18 to 39 and over 50% of respondents aged 40 and above agree that women who wear provocative clothing are asking for it and should bear responsibility for harassment. Wow. So, female listeners, are you listening to this? So next time when you go out, think twice of your attire. <laughs> anyway, such victim-blaming attitude contribute to restricting women's sexual freedom, legitimizing sexual harassment, and resulting in unsupportive first response to victims. 71.7% of women abused by partners are not likely to make a police report. According to International Violence Against Women Survey 2010. Wow, 71.7%. 83% of the respondents believe that women should stay in violent relationships under some circumstances. Example, if they have children. And you wonder why... Abused women never leave their relationship. You know, the one disturbing question, which is the most insensitive and the most pathetic question that everybody always asks is, why do you stay in an abusive relationship? Or, why would anyone stay with the man who beats her. Or you. Or why would anyone stay with the man who beats you? You know, I get to ask this a lot. And because I was in a couple of abusive relationships. Anyway, this is another episode altogether. So do subscribe to my podcast and turn on notifications. Above are stats obtained from a rare Singapore website. They are not the latest, but they do exist. Anyway, I just want to raise awareness and I hope that you check out the link, which is going to be in my show notes. So let me ask you this. Do you know of anyone who is currently in an abusive relationship or is an abuser? If so... What are you doing about it to help him or her? Domestic violence, termed DV, against women is an all-pervasive phenomenon worldwide, declared as a public health epidemic by the World Health Organization, WHO. It continues to afflict more than one-third of the women globally. DV refers to any act of gender-based violence that results in or is likely to result in physical, sexual, or psychological harm or suffering to women. The act of violence may occur in family, general community, or even being perpetrated and condoned by state. It has serious health consequences, not just for women and children, but also for the entire family. It is an important contributor to global burden of ill health in terms of women's morbidity and mortality 
including psychological trauma and depression, suicide and murder, chronic pain, injuries, fractures, disability, unwanted pregnancy, and inadequate contraceptive use, rates of HIV, and other sexually transmitted infections. Mental health effects of violence against women can include behavioral problems, sleeping and eating disorders, depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, self-harm and suicide attempts, poor self-esteem, harmful alcohol and substance use. There is growing evidence on mental health consequences of DV globally and also at national level. However, there is still limited region-specific reliable data which are essential to planning meaningful intervention strategies. This abstract was taken from NCBI, U.S. National Library of Medicine, National Institute of Health, based on a study done in New Delhi, India. How about emotional abuse? Is it still abuse? Of course it is. Emotional abuse and physical abuse are in the same umbrella. It is the person's trying to gain control over another person, and that's why they are doing these things. Most times, when someone is abusive, he or she can't handle his or her own feelings that he or she can't react. The point of abuse is control. With emotional abuse, it is controlling the person with brainwashing, diminishing someone's self-confidence and self-esteem. Emotional abuse is not protected in a court of law and why it is difficult to spot sometimes. There is no physical scar because the scars are mental and memories. Therefore, this episode is so important to me and I want to share this so badly. I was once a victim to abuse. Abuse is an abuse, be it emotionally, mentally, or psychologically, and physically. When a person is emotionally abusive, this person was emotionally abused as a child. These are all learned behaviors, and it is the same thing with someone that physically abuses someone else. It is the same thing as someone who is a narcissist or a psychopath. And again, these are learned behavior in childhood. People who are born with a severe mental illness is very small. Children who are living in such households pick up such abusive behaviors from the parents or siblings or the people who raised them or whoever they were around. They might not have seen all of these tactics, but they saw enough to learn what emotional abuse is. And now they go about life thinking it is normal. I was a victim to emotional abuse when I was with someone who did not like the word no. No was not accepted, and I was constantly manipulated and pushed to violate my own boundaries. I was bad in reinforcing my boundaries and was bullied into giving in. 
The next thing is the silent treatment. Emotional abusers love the silent treatment. And if they know you are a codependent person or a low self-esteem person, by giving you the silent treatment that worries you. You don't like the feeling of someone not being okay with you, especially if you are codependent. It is their way of punishing you. Next is passive-aggressive. Someone who is passive-aggressive is not fully insulting you, but saying little things that are hurtful and then walk away from it. These people are emotional abusers, whether they are your siblings, friends, parents, colleagues, or even your boss at work. Regardless of who they are, do learn how to spot them so that you will not fall prey into their hands. Next is when your feelings, needs, and opinions are disregarded. They just want control for every situation that they don't care how you feel and what your opinions are. They might listen to you, but they can't hear you. They can't sit to hear you out. It's not about you, but it's about them. Emotional abusers like these were never validated growing up. This is very important in terms of children in your family. So if you're a parent listening to this, Please validate your child's feelings, even if he or she is three years old, without having much logic. And validating doesn't mean we condone his or her behavior. It just means that this person wants to be heard or understood. This is how a conflict happens in a relationship and marriage when one partner doesn't feel validated. So by validating someone's feelings, even if it's bruising your ego, and even if you didn't mean what you said, still validate what your partner says so as to deflect any argument or blow-ups. But really, it is about holding space for your partner. And if you can do it for him or her, he or she will do it for you too. And this is when real communication starts. So, validating someone's feelings, whether or not you agree with them, it's really important towards building healthy relationships. When you become healthy and whole, you will be able to hold that space for the other person. You won't get so affected and not be offended by personal remarks. So, you might ask, what does holding space mean? It means being physically, mentally, and emotionally present for them. Your entire being is there. It also means putting your focus on the other person as he or she feels his or her feelings. A very important aspect of holding space is managing your judgment while you are present. Next is when someone completely ignores what you say and not respecting your presence is emotional abuse. I had conversations in the past in my previous relationships when I was driving and started to converse, but my partner was silent and angered me by calling me bad names and did not even apologize. 
It made me feel bad for wanting to start a conversation, and every time before I started to speak, I had to think twice. Essentially, this person was making an excuse for his or her bad behavior. Unfortunately, I took it because I did not know emotional abuse then, and I let things pile up, and it became accumulative and blew up. Then it became gas. Lighting. This is not only common in marriages and relationships, but in friendships too. People who gaslight are highly manipulative, and they use guilt, which is another form of emotional abuse, to make you feel bad. They will say things like, "Oh, you're just sensitive. You're too emotional. You know, I always do things for you. I'm always here for you." You don't do anything for me, which is the most classic one. They are nasty, right? But to get what they want, they will outrightly threaten you in a subtle way. But it is emotional bullying. They will make you question yourself. Let's use an analogy. It's about putting a small creature into a pot of water, and slowly bring it up to a boil. And oftentimes, the creature has no idea what's happening to it, because it is such a gradual movement of temperature, and finally, it is too late. And this is very different than dropping a creature into a boiling pot of water, when it instantly knows that something bad is happening. They will nitpick you and pick at you until you fall for the abuse. These abuses are completely relentless and selfish. They are also self-absorbed and are liars. They can berate you or bring you down with their words or actions. They will tell you anything to control you to make you feel good. For instance, they will say things to make you feel bad, and other times they will use positive reinforcement such as praise or complimenting something that you have done. And this can lead to confusion. This can also lead you to seeking approval from this person. Also, a person who gaslights is usually very intelligent and just wants to control you. He or she will make you feel isolated and direct you to where you have no one to turn to. This will lead you to second guess your own gut feelings. For example. Someone who uses drugs and calls you out for the same thing all the time. This is an idea of projecting. The general concept is turning their own actions on you without you knowing it. They may say things about people who you care about. They are not true. They are liars. An other tactic is to turn people against you, or make you think that they have turned people against you. So it's like he said, she said. It's a form of attack and definitely abuse. So spot with a capital S P O T, and run with a capital R U N like hell from people who mess with your head, intentionally and repeatedly do and say things that they know upset you. I expect you to prioritize them. But refuse to prioritize you. Can't and won't apologize sincerely. 
and act like the victim when confronted with their abusive behavior. Sounds familiar? Mm-hmm. In summary, it's all the stuff they learned growing up. It's a learned behavior. They may not have realized that they were in an abusive family or in an abusive situation growing up, but they were and they learned how to be abusive themselves. So, if you're currently in these situations I just talked about, please seek support, build self-confidence, learn and practice to be a direct and assertive communicator in order to make sure you're not being stepped over. Mean what you say and say what you mean and not being fakey and flaky. With that, I hope you find today's episode helpful. Be kind to yourself and to others. Be real to yourself and to others. We are already living in this pandemic period, so a little love and kindness goes a long way. This is my last episode for 2020. I'm just curious. As you reflect on this episode, how has it supported your learning? How might you incorporate this process into your own thinking from now onwards? If I may, I would like to ask you further as Coach Karen. What have you achieved that has surprised you in 2020? What will you do to celebrate Recognize and acknowledge your achievements? Who has influenced and impacted you the most in 2020? And once you have identified who this person is or who these people are, please text them or ring them up and tell them you appreciate them. Show them you're grateful. Better still, when you meet them the next time, Give them a hug and hug them for seven seconds. The creative power of a seven-second hug, according to the one study, shows that a simple hug stimulates the production of oxytocin, which is a neurotransmitter that acts on the brain's emotional center. Research shows that it triggers the release of immunoregulatory hormones that are linked to the immune system. Remember to hold and count for 7 seconds to feel these benefits. And lastly, what is your theme for the upcoming year 2021 in one word? What is your theme for the upcoming year 2021 in one word? Write all your answers on a piece of paper and not type them down on your phone. It makes a huge difference. Trust me. My theme for 2021 is restoration. A blessed 2021 to every one of you. With that, I'm signing out. Take care and be safe.